prayer. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be able to finish out this evening's conference. And Lord, I pray that as we dive into your word and we look through the text here, um, God, that we would continue to be blessed. Lord, we have been blessed this evening by just an amazing preaching and teaching of your word. Thank you for these faithful men who love you and love your word. Pray a blessing over their homes and over their lives and that you'd use them for your purposes and your glory. Continue to use us here this evening and advance your kingdom in our hearts and propel us out to conquer the world. In Christ's name we pray this. Amen. All right, so interesting. Uh, this is Pam, this could be one of the shortest sermons I've ever done. So just, uh, yeah, I feel like Pam's doesn't believe me. So we'll, we'll see how this goes. I'm going to be in a couple different places, but if you want to turn it, we'll start, um, Judges 6, I'll go, we'll go there. Um, but I want to start this by saying that, that my goal as a pastor, as a proclaimer of God's word, as a preacher, is I have one agenda. It's, it's Christ and Christ alone. There's no other agenda that I have other than Christ be preached supremely and his word be lifted up. That's it. I have no other goals. And we as Christians, we, the, the idea of the conference has been um, why biblical worldview matters. Why having a biblical worldview matters. And worldview does matter. How we view the world around us as Christians matter. And, and we've referenced it a couple different times here this evening. Matthew chapter 5 gives us the mandate from Jesus himself. He says what? You are... Two different things. You're salt and you're light, right? So those are two different ideas there. These are it's an illustration, it's a picture of, of what we are to be. And so salt is to, to be used as a preservative agent in order to keep things from becoming bad or rotting. That's that's the picture here. And and Christians are to be preserving holiness and godliness in the culture that has none of those things. We're to be preserving godliness and holiness in cultures that do not have godliness and holiness. And, and then the next thing you have in there is the idea of light. Light dispels darkness. Light chases away darkness. And that's what we're to be doing. We are to expose the darkness and the wickedness and the evilness of sin by shining the gospel-centered light of the scriptures to the world around us. So, interesting enough, in Judges chapter 6, there, we, we meet a guy named Gideon. And Gideon has a, has a calling from God. The Lord comes directly and begins to communicate with Gideon and tells him he's going to do some things. And in Judges chapter 6, verse 25 and 26, Gideon here uh, has this calling by the Lord to tear down the altar to Baal and to Ashtoreth. And so it's an interesting thing that takes place in chapter 6, verse 25 and 26. And then we, we're going to see a little bit more in 27, 28, but we'll, we'll start there. That night the Lord said to him, take your father's bull and the second bull, seven years old, and pull down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down the ashtoreth as well beside it. And build an altar to the Lord, your God, 
on top of the stronghold here with stones laid in due order. Then take the second bull and offer it as a burnt offering with the wood of Astra that you should cut down. Okay. So, we have to understand what, who are these two gods. They're false gods. They're not real gods. They're false gods. But they're two gods that were being worshipped at the time in this place. And, and Baal was the god of child sacrifice. And if you've seen pictures of Baal, it was just a, a, a dog-looking thing. It was weird. It had a bowl. And this bowl, they would throw wood into this thing and they would stoke the fires of this thing. And you would take your firstborn child and you would launch that baby into the bowl and let the fires consume that baby. And what was believed was if I did this, then I would, get, I would be financially well off. I would have prosperity in my finances. And the altar to Astra was the goddess of sex and fertility. Infertility. And so these two gods were often linked together. They're often, often linked together. And, and this, is, this is a thing that's not a phenomenon that was just stuck in the Old Testament. In 2023, you and I see the god of Baal and Astra constantly in the world in which we live. Baal is the, the, the god of child sacrifice, i.e. Planned Parenthood, abortion clinics, or, or mills, murder mills. Um, Ashtoreth is the, is the goddess of sex, and that's everywhere. Like Josh said earlier, doesn't matter, billboards, commercials, radio songs, everything you listen to pumps out the narrative that Sex should be had all the time by whoever you want to have it with, as often as you want to have it. Doesn't matter. There's no, there's no limits. You can do whatever you want, right? And we see that children in 2023 are being sacrificed at the altar of both of these gods. But yet they don't look primitive. They don't look like a bowl with a dog face or a wooden structure. It's progressive. It's pretty. It's it's well put together. It's marketed well. And it looks appealing. It looks enticing. And for some reason, when the enemy attacks, the group that suffers the most are women and children. Now make no mistake, women, are chil- women and children are being affected by this. They just are and Christian, regardless of what the culture dictates, we have a mandate that calls us to preserve righteousness and dispel darkness. And if we need to pull down altars, we should pull down altars. We should. This, this calling that Gideon has, he says, go, go, and take your father's bull and pull down the altar to Baal. That your father has and cut down Ashtoreth that's beside it. The altar to Ashtoreth as well. Cut these things down. And not, don't just cut them down and just leave it and walk away. Build something on top of the ashes that you tear down. And then worship God on that. Tear down what's 
worldly and replace it with something that is godly. And some people might say, wait, wait, whoa, wait, whoa, Caleb, are you advocating that we as Christians should try to advance a theocracy? Sure. A biblical theocracy. You say, well, we're not in that right now. Oh, but you see, we are. We, do, we live in a theocracy. You say, whoa, whoa no, we don't. We live in a, a constitutional republic. We live in a democracy, Caleb. We don't live in a theocracy. I would beg to differ. The fact of the matter is that we actually do live in a theocracy, but we have missed it. The system of theocracy that we currently live under is one of a hedonistic humanism. That's what we live under. We live under a hedonistic, self-centered humanism. The unbridled worship of self. And we love to worship ourselves. Big I, little you. It's all about me and how I feel, right? And if it, if it looks good, do it. That's the idea of humanism. If it feels good, do it. I mean, there was old, I mean, a song from the 90s, Sheryl Crow. If it makes you happy, it can't be that bad. <laughs> Quite to the contrary, it, there you can, if you are doing certain things, it could be bad for you. Just had some of that almond tea. That might be bad for me. <laughs> it tasted good, but it might not be good. Right? And, and this is what we live under. This is being portrayed, listen, this idea of unbridled hedonism and humanism is being portrayed on stages and platforms all over the place. And not very far from here. It's happening. With, with government approval. With people sitting in seats of leadership, not trying to tear these things down, but lifting those false idols up Christians are called to tear down the altar of Baal as well as Ashtoreth that's what we're called to do humanism is a philosophical ideology that emphasizes the individual as the most important like I said worship of self and it is detrimental to the fabrics to the fabric of our communities, to the, to the places where we live. This is detrimental to your families. It is detrimental to your neighbors. It is detrimental to your schools. It's detrimental to your churches. And if you believe that this is not taking place in your home, if you believe, oh, that couldn't be happening here in Cedarville, that, there's no way that that's happening here, you're either not paying attention or you've been deceived. And both of those stances end up only harming you and the ones that you truly love. Either way, the way things are going are not how they should be going. And they're happening with the permission of the church. We, we stand by and say nothing for the fear of somebody might think we're crazy. They might mock us. They might say we're crazy. Your name might get put in the newspaper. It did. 
That's okay. The more I've thought about it, the more I've prayed about it, let the world mischaracterize me. What am I called to do? Preach the gospel. What do I believe transforms hearts? Well, the Republican Party will do it. That's going to change hearts. No. No, it's not. You mean the GOP isn't the savior of America? No. What's this? Who is the savior? Christ. What's the only way you have a transformed heart? By the, the gospel being proclaimed. Cedric just said it. Faith cometh by hearing and what? Hearing by the word of God. Like that's, that's the directive. That's the initiative. And I love this. Listen, Gideon was knowing, I got this. I'm going to go out in front of the whole world and do this. 27. So Gideon took 10 men. So he's got some buddies that believe in the mission too. So who you surround yourself with matters. Are you surrounding yourself with men who love the Lord Jesus Christ? Ladies, are you surrounding yourself with ladies who love the Lord Jesus Christ? So Gideon took 10 men of his servants and did as the Lord told him. But because he was too afraid of his family and the men of the town... To do it by day, he did it by night. Now, he still was obedient. He did what God told him to do. He may have not done it in broad daylight, but he still tore it down. He still did what God told him. Listen, doing what God's called us to do sometimes is a hard thing. Anybody? Sometimes it's, it's difficult. Sometimes we're afraid of what, what the repercussions are. I'm not going to stand here and say, oh, I'm never worried about the repercussions. There's been often times that I'm worried about the repercussions. I've had repercussions from standing in this room behind this sacred desk and saying things from this thing and then find out a week later, oh, we're not coming back because you were too harsh on the topic of abortion or, oh, you were too hot, taught hard on the topic of morality. Uh, you, you, uh, we're not coming back. Does that hurt my feelings? A little bit, sure, but guess what? I'm going to, at the end of the day, do what God's called me to do. Tear down, tear down the altar of Baal and Ashtoreth and then build up a biblical worldview on top of the trash of the world and let God's word reign supreme. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not repercussions. 28. When the men of the town rose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was broken down and Ashtoreth beside it. And it was cut down and a second bull was offered on the altar that had been built. And they said to one another, Who has done this thing? And after they had searched and acquired, they said, Gideon, a son of Jonas, has done this thing. Oh, we found out who did it. Well, let's go. We want his head. They went to and said, and they said in verse 31, who stood against him? Did you, did you stop him? You're his dad. Did you stop him? How come you didn't stop him? Will you contend for Baal? Or will you save him? Whoever contends for him shall be put to death by morning. If he is a God, let him contend for himself. So he's, at, least the, at least the dad said, listen, you, you're going to contend for this false God? What are we going to do? If you're going to contend for him, you're going to die by morning. You're going to be taken out by morning. So, 
God's going to protect what God's going to protect. And here's the deal. Can God pluck us out of these moments? Can God save us from these things? Sure, he can. But what if he doesn't? What if he doesn't save us from these moments? What if we're in this room or we're in a place that we were, where we're standing against the evil of the world system and somebody comes in and tries to pick us off and we don't survive here? What happens? Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You can, but even if you don't, I'm still going to worship you. Even if you don't save me, I'm still going to worship you. So either way, the thing that sets us free is the truth. The truth of God's word. And so the calling for us as Christians is this idea of tearing down, tearing down this, uh, this, this false idol. The, the, it's all put together in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 and 14. This is the idea that Paul writes. He says, be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. So the idea here is, is the idea of being watchful as, as godly men and women, as the church, to stand against the wicked of our day. We're to, we're to stand firm and to watch, be watchful like a watchdog. The idea is, is a watchdog. Chancey can tell you, I've got a heck of a watchdog. Now listen, I can tell you, he's a great barker. He can sound the alarm. When, he, when you hit the steps, and, and he's ready to, he's making racket. Why? To make you aware that there's something going on. The idea here is to be watchful, be paying attention to your surroundings, know what's going on, and be willing and ready and able to vocalize and say, Hey, hey, this isn't right. We shouldn't be going this direction. We should not be allowing grown old men to wear leotards and fishnets and shake their rear ends in front of children. That we even are saying that that, that I'm even saying that, is wild. Like it's bananas that we're even having this conversation that we're saying that there are people that are advocating for that to happen. You've rewind 20 years, and if some man had been doing that in Cedarvale, Kansas, or Bartlesville, Oklahoma, there may have been a repercussion for that man that wouldn't have gone well for him. You know? I'm just saying. But now we're just like, we're terrified that we're going to be labeled as transphobic or homophobic or whatever phobic. Like, that's outlandish that we're now saying that these guys have the, the permission to do these things in front of small children. Like I said, the ones who suffer the most under these kinds of things are women and children. And it's mostly at the hands of men. And I use that term loosely. Stand firm in the faith. This means having, a, having your, your, your identity built into the text. Your identity is, is wrapped around what God's word says. And when you understand and you stand firm in this, you can understand and know what's right from wrong. And as a result of knowing what's right from wrong, you can do what's right. You can follow what's right. You can teach what's right. Amen? That's the idea. And then he says, act like men. This is the idea. Like, 
That's a given. Act like a man. Man up. Fellas, you're the, you're the be the guardians. You're, you're the watch on the wall. What's that? I'm, I'm going to mess and I don't have it in my notes, but it's a messy sound. I'll mess it up. Weak men cause hard times. Hard times create. See, I've already, I've already messed it up. Yeah, you guys know, you've heard, I don't have it in front of me, but you know what I'm about to say. I don't have it written down. I should have written it down, but that's, you know, shooting from the hip. There. Yes and amen. There it is. He said it. Perfect, right? But that's where we are. We are entering into, because for decades, we've cultivated and built weak men. Saw a video the other day of this kid. He had his phone and he was making a video and he was like, I'm I'm here working at Starbucks and they're making me work a full eight-hour shift. (laughs) And I don't know what to do. It's so busy here. And I was like, how is that work in your world, PJ? Oh, when's the last time you worked an eight-hour shift, brother? <laughs> just, just eight hours. Right? We're, we've cultivate, cultivated for decades this weak, spineless, as my dad used to call it, sausage-back men. And now we're reaping those rewards of sausage-back men who now are, I mean, oh, I'm offended and everything. You're wearing a blue shirt. That's offensive. I th- that color means something to me, and that's offensive. What? You don't have everything. You didn't. Where's the rainbow in here? Is there a rainbow? I don't see a rainbow. I feel offended. You called sin, sin? Uh, you, what do you mean I, can, I can't sleep with my girlfriend if I want to sleep? What do you mean I can't sleep with my boyfriend if I want to? What do you mean by that? What do you mean that's wicked? What do you mean that God's going to judge that? He's going to. Act like a man. And it says, do everything that, let everything you do be done in love. The most loving thing that you and I can do is tell the truth. If Cedric's out on 166, and there's a semi-truck, and listen, semi-trucks happen a lot on 166. There's a lot of them driving. If Cedric is standing in the middle of 166, and he's just looking at the sky, just the beautiful blue Kansas sky. And he's just enjoying his view. And I'm over on the sideline going, Cedric! There's a, there's a semi! You've get, move! There's a semi coming! I'm going to try my best. Caleb, you are being very judgmental. <laughs> is that, is that, was that good? I was just trying my best there. Trying my best. Caleb, you're being very judgmental. You are being a bigot. And I'd be like, no, 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 I'm not trying to be judgmental, brother. You're going to get run over. You're going to die. No. I'll be fine. I don't even believe in semis. Right? Colossians chapter 3. Listen to this. We'll just start in verse 1. 
If then you've been raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, or Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things of the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Now, put to death, therefore, that which is earthly. It's in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passions, evil desires, covetousness, which is also, it's idolatry. On account that the wrath of God is coming. So, imagine that semi-truck is the wrath of God, and it's coming, and I'm trying to tell Cedric, get out of the road, and he's like, nah, I'll be fine. It's going to be okay. Don't worry. I got this. And all of a sudden, you need to be like, well, he doesn't believe in semis. He thinks that they're not that big of a deal. And he's enjoying what he's doing. I mean, just let him be. Right? And so, the semi comes and runs him over and kills him. As Is it loving of me that I did not try to warn him? No, it's not loving at all. Quite to the contrary, it's evil. It's evil. God's wrath is coming for sin. Now, look at verse 7. In these you two once walked. So listen, there's a room full of us that, listen, we once walked in all these things. If you're in Christ now, there was a day you used to walk on these things. You used to live in sexual immorality. You used to live in idolatry. You used to live in covetousness. But man, what? What? In these you once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Put them to death. Get rid of them. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk out of your mouth. Stop it. Don't lie to one another. Put off the old self and its practices. This is the idea. Is that we get rid of the things that are worldly. As Josh kicked us off tonight. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And how do we renew our minds? By reading this. By studying this. Well, I don't want to, Caleb, because I'm busy. Scrolling my phone. I'm busy watching my Netflix. I'm busy doing this. I'm busy doing that. Man, like I said this a couple Sundays ago, I've never met someone that's on their deathbed going, man, I spent way too much time reading the Bible. Man, I spent way too much time praying. I wish I hadn't done that. Quite to the contrary, I have had conversations with people on their deathbed going, man, I wish I had spent more time at church. I wish I had spent more time in God's Word. I wish I had not done all the things that I did. I wish I hadn't been playing. I wish I hadn't gone to all those silly things. I wish I hadn't watched as much TV as I'd watched. God's wrath for sin is coming. And what's the most loving thing we can do? Warn others about it. And if you've got unconfessed, unrepented of sins, I'm going to echo what Jesus said in Mark chapter 1 verse 15. 
Listen, the kingdom of God is at hand. It's here. It's here. It's here. Repent of your sins and believe the gospel. Turn from your sins and trust the good news of Christ, crucified and resurrected. That's the hope. Amen? That's the hope we have. So what do we, what do, we do as Christians? Tear down the altars to Baal and Asherah. Tear down the altars of worldliness and then replace them with altars to God. Worship God in the public square. Destroy the hedonistic, humanistic God of this world and put in its place the Lord Jesus Christ who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords and every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. Every LGBTQ plus whatever. The alphabet community. Every alphabet community person will bow their knee to Christ and say he is Lord. So will every Baptist. So will every Methodist. So will every Mormon, Catholic. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter your race. Doesn't doesn't matter your sex. It doesn't matter any of those things. I can promise you. Scripture says that every tongue will confess. And every knee will bow. Now. I want to be on the side where I'm looking forward to that day. I cannot wait for that day. I'm excited for that day. And I'm in. But listen. Even if you're not looking forward to that day, you're still going to have to do it. So I'd much rather be on the other side of that. So what do we do? Repent of our sins. Trust the gospel. Follow Christ. Love Jesus. That's the answer. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for this time that we got to gather together and to study your word and watch it unpacked. God, help us to to take what we've heard here tonight and not just leave it in the room, but let let us tonight take it with us as we leave and may we go and invade dark spaces and conquer kingdoms of worldliness and replace them with the kingdom of Christ. Help us. God, we love you. We pray this in your beautiful and precious name. Amen. All right, here's what I want to do.